What's good? We got a special guest on Dropping the Mic Sports Talk, the realest sports podcast, period. Got my man, Chase Blackston. Yo. If you, if you don't know, let me let you know. He's the guy sometimes featured on my intro. Uh, met this young brother when he was a real young brother, uh, sitting in my classroom, not even in the class, but just not in even. the classroom. Just, Carrying you know, class. that slow down. He was enjoying the atmosphere, got caught up, voice to men style a couple times, but Nonetheless, hey. he's he's evolved, right? He Very is now much. he is now a collegiate student at Prayer View A and M University in Texas. TV. Let him rep, and yeah, now he's you know a man amongst himself doing some things. So I wanted to bring him on the show, chop it up. He loves basketball. He has Love some it. thoughts and some opinions. Um, mm-hmm. But I also wanted to get in touch with what he's doing on the music side because, as I said, he did the intro. He's into music. He's a creative artist. My man Chase, how's it going? I'm doing good, Mr. Fields. How are you doing? I, hey, it's another day. Uh, I'm on the land of living, so it's a great day. So, yeah. so tell me, as you, as a music fan, fan of music, lover of music, how mm-hmm. what is your role in this music game currently? Uh, well, my my role is really producing. And then I move more to the artist side because, you know, I, I just love create creating and evolving. But then I got more hip to the business side and the business side is really, really interesting. And so it's been where I've been spending majority of my time at, like researching the industry, managing artists. So primarily right now I'm on the business side. OK. And, and do you ever does being on the business side ever evoke more creativity for you to become a for your own artistry or are you still like man i'm good on this business side i want to help others grow i mean sometimes it does but um I, I don't really have as much of a passion for the artist side as i do the business side and i know the artist side comes with a lot of other stuff like um you know fame and it's it's a lot of other stuff that i don't really want to sign up for with the artist side and with the business side, I feel like I can get the best of both worlds of being creative without having to deal with some of the consequences and the backlash and all the other stuff that artists typically have to go through. Gotcha. So you get the best of both worlds. You get the fame without being the famous person. Yeah. Because you get you get some of those, you get the residuals. But at the same yeah. time, you can sit back in the cut and just be you, be the writer, be the manager, be whatever you got to be, all hands on deck. So help me understand this. What what? type of artist do you manage what's the genres um well i'm i'm very open to all like right now i'm managing an r&b artist her name is hadaya ayodeli and i'm also managing this up-and-coming rapper who hasn't had her first project out but we've been working slated to come out on the 22nd but yeah yeah the 22nd of this month okay and Um, look i'm gonna ask you all this later but where we can get a hold of you and your artist on social everywhere Okay. Um, 
everywhere. We're we're on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram. I'll definitely talk about us at the end. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say us at the end. But yeah, um, I'm managing them too. I'm trying to facilitate a third, cross my fingers. And, but primarily right now it's just R&B and hip hop, but I hope to expand. Okay, and so where, where are you pulling these artists from? Are they coming from Texas? Are they East Coast, West Coast? Interesting story. So Hedaya, um, when I first started Instagram, I discovered her very early. She's like the fifth person I've ever followed. And I started my Instagram in middle school. So I've been following her for a minute. And so one day um, I was in one of her Instagram lives and I told her like I make beats, hoping to facilitate like, you know, an opportunity to see if she can finally hop on one of my beats because I've been a fan of hers for a while. And she responded and she said that she loved my beats and wanted to work more. And that working relationship eventually turned into like more of a manager relationship with me facilitating some of her business deals and stuff like that. And so eventually we were just like, let's make it official and not let me be the helpful producer and let me be like the manager. And so ever since then, it's been really good. Um, sometimes it presents challenges, but it's good. And with the other artist, her name is Amber. Um, I found her on TikTok and she just had a look. She just had the look of somebody who I said like, you can get some traction, you got the face for this like music stuff, but she had never made music. And I was like, hey, like I'm producing, I mix, I can help you songwrite, like you should really get into this music. Then um, she trusted me and ever since then I've been helping her and she's blowing up like 12K on TikTok, 5K on Instagram, she's doing numbers. And her first single got 3000 plays in the first week, so it's, it's only going up from here. So it's real. All right, cool, cool. So Amber and Hadea. So Hadaya? Yeah. Sorry about that. All right, so there's always this intersection. You know, athletes want to be entertainers. Entertainers think they're athletic. Mm -hmm. I know you've played ball in your spare time, in your free time. Yes, sir. Uh, don't know if you're doing that at PV, at the rec center. Nah, but, I got busted up too many times. <laughs> oh, okay, you let it go. But you still let got you go. still have that feel, right? You still yeah. hang around the culture. Um, so question, you're a you're a basketball aficionado. First off, I need to know some stats. Who's your team? Mm -hmm. Why? And I know you have a special guy. Mm -hmm. Who are they? Okay. So my team of choice are the Raptors. You know, we kind of trash right now but we're going to do better. Um, my The reason why they're my team, because back in 2016, Drake was just hyping them up. And I and I just, ever since then, I was just like, I'm a Raptors fan. So I've been with them through the highs and the lows, and I'm sticking with them. Um, and then my guy, LeBron, I'm wherever that man go. I'm rooting for that man. Real GOAT. So I, I, I'm rooting for that man. Okay, so there are... There you go. There's the team, the reason, and the special guy. Don't know about the GOAT. Uh, that's a whole topic for another day. I will have a GOAT show because I think some people are misguided, educated, think that one person's a GOAT. That's never the case. But, hey, who am Ooh. I? That That's Chase's guy, LeBron guy. James. Um, so, what do you – speaking of LeBron James, what are you expecting from him this season? Um, I expect more of an off-ball play from LeBron. I think sometimes his him being a point forward 
can sometimes make the real point guard or a true point guard uneasy, um, like kind of what happened with Kyrie. So I expect since he has more of a Russell Westbrook, who's a facilitator, I think he can take a more off the ball approach. He's not no Dennis. I don't mess with that man, Dennis. He's a bum. But Russell Westbrook, a really good facilitator. And I think it will actually click very well, that whole Lakers thing with Russ, AD, LeBron. I think people think Russ can't operate without the ball, but I think he can do that very well. I think he just had to his majority of his career. I only I, I agree with everything you're saying, except for Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder's not a bum. I think he got affected more by LeBron than kind of to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because it's happened to Lonzo, and it's happened – the only person it didn't happen to is Rondo, and he's back in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those levels of trust with LeBron. Uh, he respects Rondo enough to know he don't have to be on the ball. When, when we got mm-hmm. the chip, the, the last chip, Rondo showed himself to be, you know, Rondo. Mm-hmm. He's a champion. Um, but with Schroeder, I think it was it's hard to play with LeBron when he's always got the ball, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is hard. You lose yourself. You don't know when to do you and when to step off. So he got eaten up by, by that. He, he look, I, I know everybody's calling him a bum because he made a bad decision. He bet on himself, and he lost. Okay, that happens. That's life. I definitely agree. But I, w- I I can agree with the Schroeder statement and not. Because looking at his performance in the playoffs, especially the series against the Suns, his shot selections weren't there. It looked like during the playoffs and towards the end of the season, it didn't look like he was playing for team success. It looked like he was playing to get that contract. And his, and his field goal percentage was horrendous. His shot selections were horrendous. And for his career high in assists to be like six, I don't think he's really even a true point guard in there. He's not a true point guard. But my, let me let me let me add this to that, right? His best year ever was playing with Chris Paul. His second best year was playing with Russell Westbrook. So my point is he can play with another guard. It's hard to play with LeBron. It's not always easy. And that mm-hmm. team was not very good last year. Like, don't mm-hmm. make zero mistakes about it. Yeah. There's a reason why the roster's been redone for the second, mm-hmm. third time, you know, like it wasn't that good of a roster in the first place. So for I, real, I, it was almost a blessing in disguise for AD to get hurt, for everybody to get shipped out. Like I'm no longer on the Kyle Kuzma bandwagon like that. Now bums. you want to talk to somebody who I don't, I don't like calling NBA players bums because they're, they're in the NBA and I'm on the right. sideline talking about them. So, mm-hmm. but Kuzma had the utmost of opportunities to show his worth for and real. he was kept over the other four that were shipped out for AD. Mm-hmm. And he never rose to that occasion. So that's who I think was the least amount successful because who was supposed to help Schroeder out? And you got to factor in, he went all season being the stepchild, right? You weren't Mm -hmm. from L.A. They brought you to replace Rondo. Like, that's a lot of pressure. And then you got to play with Braun and do it his way. Not everybody can do that. Now you look at the team. Now everybody who's on the team now messes with Braun on and off the court. They gel with Braun. So it's going to be a whole different chemistry. You look mm-hmm. at Montrez Harrell, he couldn't fit in. He couldn't hang it, hack it. He got a new home, too. Mm-hmm. That's just business, right? All the way down to Marcus Hall. He, he gone, just business. So, back to your Raptors. Why do you call them trash when they're just in a re- retool mode? I mean, they're not trash, obviously. I rep the Raptors, but they're not in their best state. I'm not a fan of Pascal. Um, I think... Right now, like you said, they're in a rebuilding stage, so they're not competing. I don't think they're a trash organization. I just don't think they're competitive right now. Okay, let me ask this question. 
if you have the opportunity to trade for Ben Simmons and throw uh, Siakam in there, Pascal, would you do that deal? No, but I would trade for Ben Simmons because I would want Ben Simmons to play off Pascal because I don't like Pascal in a primary role. Yeah. I, I like Pascal as like a sidekick, you know what I'm saying, a B, but I don't like um, Pascal as an A. So if we were to trade for Ben Simmons, it would make me like Pascal again because he could be the B. So who would you give up for Ben Simmons on the Raptor squad? Everybody else. So you want Pascal and Simmons to lead your team? Yeah, and I mean, I like OG and Fred Van Fleet, but I know they won't help. I mean, maybe Fred Van Fleet, but Fred Van Fleet is a good off the bench. And in his current role, he's a starter. And I think, like, in the, as a starter, he's not that crazy. But as a bench player, he's elite. But All right. So, look, I hear you. I, I just, And you're right. It wouldn't help the Sixers. It'd have to be a three-team trade to facilitate all that. Mm-hmm. But you have to match salary to salary, and Siakam kind of gets you closer to the Ben Simmons salary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you that Siakam's a B, but I also think Ben Simmons is a B. And currently, the way his mind's working, he's really a CD because he's looking for a place with no pressure. And I don't think Masai Ujiri signed up to have a dude with no pressure, but I do think it's a good landing spot for Ben Simmons to be on that team. And if you have to give up Siakam, I don't think it hurts you as much as you think because he is a B-level. He is a sidekick. Mm-hmm. He is he is the equivalent of, I don't want to call him Scottie Pippen because that may be giving him too much credit. Too much. But but that is he's similar to that. He needs a star. Mm-hmm. He actually is a third-level dude, right? Because when it was Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, and Siakam, mm-hmm. you just forgot about Siakam. And then he right. hits you like, oh, dang, I got to guard that man. So right. you, you still need, a, you need Simmons. Somebody else, and then Siakam to fit in. And, I, and again, if you can go Siakam Simmons straight up, mm-hmm. which I don't know if the Sixers want Siakam, they probably want a third team to facilitate. They need a point guard. Right. But at least for the Raptors, you don't need any more draft picks. If you throw in a first, that's cool. But you would have a, a solid squad. Now, what is your take on the Eastern Conference as it stands right now? What Who are your top eight teams oh. in the East? Okay, I'm going to touch on two things. I'm going to touch on Ben Simmons. I feel like he's very overly hated right now. Overly hated? Yeah, like I feel like the criticism on Ben Simmons is fair, but he, in like him not being as aggressive with taking shots, but I feel like they're coming for him as a player when I still think he's in the upper echelon of players in the NBA. Like what many people forget about is how this man has been a lethal defender in the league condescends his birth in the league he's what wasn't he first team all defense last season okay i'm I'm letting you make your argument first i won't be chiming in he was first team all defense last season and during the regular season was he he wasn't putting up his career high in number and led the well Um, Here's the thing. I, I, I guess I lied. The criticism real is real and fair, and there I don't call it hate. It's criticism. The issue is I don't care a damn about none of that defense stuff. If at the end of the day I'm paying you max money, you know what max means? Max means you give me both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Max don't mean give me one side when it's convenient, when mm-hmm. it fits your narrative. They paid you max money because you wanted max money. They let Jimmy Butler go because you said you were max money. Jimmy Butler's mm-hmm. a killer in the streets. Ben Simmons, 
passing the ball up when he's a dunk away from making a basket because he can't shoot free throws, that's not max money. When you won't even train to shoot jump shots, when you pass up open jump shots, that's a problem for most people, right? We, mm-hmm. LeBron got a little bit of this criticism because he passed too much, but he calls himself the king. It's like, what, what do we, we used to always talk about? If you're going to be crowned the king, you better come with everything. Don't be passing to J.R. Mm-hmm. Smith, get mad at him for making a mistake. You get paid the most money. Most people revel in Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. because they're like, whether he made it or missed it, they were like, he took the shot. Ben Simmons doesn't mm-hmm. make the team better because it takes your other player away, Embiid. It makes him push out to shoot three-pointers, which he's not great at, and it makes your team wonky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I def- all your points are definitely fair, but I, I think I mean, yes, I, I really agree. But I, I think he has a point with the reaction of Philly fans to him. Like, I don't understand how people from Philly can expect Ben Simmons to be excited about coming to your organization, but they c- continuously trash him, continuously make fun of him, continuously pretend like they've been with him when he does good stuff, but then jump at the next moment to hate on him. And I do think he's been a little bit dramatic with not meeting with his team and stuff like that. But I I wouldn't necessarily want to play with Philly either. Gotcha. Look, I I hear you. I hear you. But the the thing is, you you have to to understand. I get what you're saying from the fan perspective, but you don't play for the fans. I mean, you you play for the fans, but your team is who's got your back. And it, and he can control what the fans say if he put the work in. Mm-hmm. If he literally would hit a jump Agreed. shot, if he li- – look, all, everything would be well. But you saw in the playoffs, Doc Rivers was hamstrung. You got Tobias Harris. You got Embiid. Then you got Ben Simmons. That's your three mm-hmm. – that's your big three. And mm-hmm. when one of your dudes is a liability, then – it jacks things up for the most. Mm-hmm. So so that's all I'm saying. Um, so t- tell me this. What, give me your top teams in the East. Just give me your top team. We'll, we, we can circle back to Philly. Wait, one. No, who, so one through eight? Yeah, one through eight. Who's making the one playoffs? Eight? Yes, sir. Okay. This is in no order. I can give you who's making the playoffs, though. Okay. I got I got to put Atlanta in there. Hot Atlanta. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Even with the Kyrie uh, situation? For sure, because James Harden and KD are still very much hard. Like, they're still very good. Okay. Even without Kyrie, I think they could still make the playoffs. Okay. Um, So what? BK, Atlanta, Boston. Boston is like that lower seed. I don't know, but JT and Jalen Brown have been showing out, and it would be a shame if I didn't put them in the playoff conversation. Okay. Uh, you gotta put, you know, Kyle's new home, Miami. Um, they they definitely in there. Um, so that's four. Uh, who else? New York. We gotta the put Knicks. the Knicks in there. Okay. You got Knicks. three spots left. Chicago. Chi-town. Put together team. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm missing people. You only got two uh, more spots. 
You got Indiana out there. You got you got Charlotte out there. There, both of those. You got Milwaukee. You haven't mentioned. Oh, you haven't yeah. mentioned Philly. The Bucks. They, Philly. they only won the NBA championship not too long ago. So I've, 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 I've you got the Bucks as a seven seed this year. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks in Philly. No order. No order. I feel. Like I hear you. No I'm saying, but no so you're saying Charlotte's not a top team. No. Heck no. Wow. No. no Indiana, they get no love. Indiana is like decent, but like they don't really do much in the playoffs. Like they get that one round, maybe. And but I that makes that like, puts them in the playoffs, so that makes them their t- a top eighteen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I just think this year, Chicago. Like I feel like they were towards the bottom of the eight, and with Chicago getting better and as deep as they did now. I feel like they would kind of knock them out. I feel like they're better now. But the but that brings the question. The play-in brings a whole new struggle, a whole new kind of dynamic to the playoffs. More so to me in the East, right? Because like yes. I said, we didn't talk about Charlotte, Indiana, who were two teams who made the top 10 last year. Yes. Uh, what do you think about the Wizards? Oh, bump squad. Worst team in the East. I don't know about that, man. Have you seen their lineup? Like, they actually have players that may work for that team. I'm not saying they're world beaters, but they now have talent from top to bottom. They got young, yeah, got youth. They've got mm-hmm. experience. They still got Bradley Bill. Like, I mean, yeah, they got they got Bradley, but like everybody else on that team, I think they're team players. I don't see Bradley having like a solid somebody who can go to consistently. Everybody, especially the Lakers dudes who they traded for, are super inconsistent. Like in in the uh when Russell Westbrook was there, he had oh I could hear Russell, you know, they could play off each other type thing. When John Wall was there, you know, even though he was injured for a long time, he had somebody to go to to lessen the load. I think it's really Bradley Bill versus the world. And if I'm triple team, I'll hit one of you guys. Hold on though. Spencer Dinwiddie's nice. Look, I, look, I'm I'm a fan of this Wizards team because I feel like everyone has to go against what you just said. Everybody has something to prove on that squad, even Bradley Bill. So you're talking about a team of misfits, castoffs that are gonna come together like a Marvel comic and rise up. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I agree with what you're saying. It's a bunch of B and C level players, but sometimes those teams are just as dangerous because. Once one gets hot and they start feeding off each other, it's like, oh, I got it, you got it, and we start playing together. Unlike some teams, like Boston, I'm with you, and you just feel like you got to add Boston in there because Jason Tatum and Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, but they, they have a new coach, and I'm Udoka. They made mm-hmm. some unique moves. I don't know that their team is well-rounded mm-hmm. or deep, so I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm saying like it's going to be very interesting. The East is finally back. Uh-huh. It's it better than what it's been because, you know, for the past, it's been three, four teams every year. And out of three, four, two of them are legit. And then mm-hmm. you get that you one. You think in, it'll have like finals. the Wizards will have like a. Wait, come again? For Pistons, there was nobody on there who was like crazy good or something like that. But they were all a group of misfits that kind of came together. Exactly. The, the, the 04 Pistons is what this team reminds me of. You did, Like, you knew who T- Tayshaun Prince was, yeah. but he wasn't like, oh, my God. Ben Simmons couldn't hit a free throw or a jump shot, but mm-hmm. he was effective. And, yes, that's who I feel about this Wizards team. And they have more players than they did. Now, uh, granted, they like I, I put Chauncey Billups is Bradley Bill. Mm-hmm. 
and Spencer Dinwiddie is Rip Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And Montrez Harrell is Ben Simmons. But then they got more players than that, right? Like, yeah. So the, it's that's a great analogy. They are like the 04 Pistons. But what I think is different from the 04 Pistons is like, I feel like not all of the Pistons defense was crazy because of Ben Wallace. Like, they all had like everybody excelled at something. And I feel mm-hmm. like on this Wizards team, everybody just I at something. Like the only person that excels for real is Bradley Bill. And he and don't do it all the time. He's halfway I'm hurt. Saying, he's halfway hurt. I feel you, but the league has changed since then too. Like you actually don't have to play defense and you can still win. Like you yeah. have to play defense for the fourth quarter, three to five minutes to go, and sometimes it's still playing better offense. But you also have to remember they got a better coach now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they don't have Scott, uh, I forgot his last Scott, Scott, Scott Brooks. Group. Scott Brooks, horrible coach. Um, they actually have a real coach in Silas Jr., right? So that in and of itself gives me hope. That, I mean, think about it. They, you, they, were, they made the 10 spot or 9 spot last year yeah. with Scott Brooks' coach, Bradley Bill banged up, and Russell Westbrook giving his all. Mm-hmm. Now you add five new players that were better than what you had, and that now put them in the backup role. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me they can't, they won't make playoffs, or at least top 10. I think they'll make the top 10 for, I mean, maybe, but like we can't even say always good coaches make not the best teams good. Like, look, look at um, Detroit. They have a coach of the year, and they're, they're still bums. Because their bummed, team, whoa, their, their team was not good. That, that's, that was a, that's a rebuild. Why do you think they got they faded for Cade? They got Cade. They got the draft picks from last year, Sadiq Bay and whatnot. So their their team now I can start judging that team because the GM and the coach and the owner are all on the same page and they're crafting that team to be successful. You mentioned Detroit. They may make top ten. I can tell you who won't make top ten. That'll be Orlando Magic, because they're still a hot mess. Um lost that I, guy too. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, okay, you got we already mentioned Atlanta, right? You got Indiana. They they they're always knocking on the door. We just mm-hmm. talked about the Wizards. You got Charlotte. They're up and coming. You mentioned Chicago, who had not been in the playoffs. They they've been well put together in their offseason transactions. You still got mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Um, what teams are we missing? You got Brooklyn and New York. They're up there. You, you mentioned Boston. I, who am I missing? It feels, right? It feels weird to talk about New York as actually good though. That's yeah, and to not be a one hit wonder, right? It's not a Millie Vanilli. It's an actual. They they got some and their offseason was decent, right? They got Kemba. Yeah, you got you, like okay, they're they're no slouches. It's like who else is in the East that we're forgetting? The only team I can tell you is not making is Orlando. Who so who do you, I think the bottom five can be Cleveland for sure. Okay, yeah, forgot about Cleveland. Um Magic, like you said. Um I really wouldn't be surprised if um uh what we just talked about. The Hornets slipped in that five. I don't think their offseason was the best at who all. The, who, the Hornets? Yes. Uh, Yeah, their draft was nice. They already had a solid squad. They just backfilled in with with um, the, the trade they made from Detroit to get a serviceable big man. Like, don't don't sleep on. Like, you got LaMelo. You got Gordon. Book Knight Gordon. Michael Bridges. Oh, they got they from the Suns? No, uh, it's 
that's another Bridget. Sorry. Let me let me let me see the roster. I, I think I need to get better acquainted with it. Well, I think you do too, because their roster, like for example, I'm going with you. Toronto may not make it because yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's down not in there. Um, that's three teams that won't make it. That so literally legit in the East. Let me go back to this quick. In, in the Eastern Conference, and I, and I know you want the roster. We're gonna get there in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I can only say Orlando, Cleveland. I guess you got to add Detroit because we got to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. And Toronto. Those are the bottom teams. For sure. I, I, I just don't know about this Hornets team. Like, I seen they got Kelly Oubre, but that man. Uh, that, that, you need a dude like that on the team. Like, he fits better on Charlotte than he did uh, in, in Golden State because it wasn't a mix. He's, he's your dude that if you don't pay attention, he gonna drop thirty on you because now now you got Mello right because Mello's out there wheeling dealing dishing, and you got Gordon Hayward right so you're gonna guard him you're gonna try to slid on Mello you're you're just gonna do I hit the wrong one hold on you're just gonna do some things differently that that's gonna make you have to guard them ninety four feet now where they're a liability which I would agree with would be on defense is where the the, the biggest liability but. Their offensive power, like, I don't know, man. Miles Bridges, not Michael, but Miles Bridges. He's he's yeah, hooping. He's decent. Like, he's never had like a thing where I'm like, dang, like, look at Miles, Miles Bridges. He's he's cool, but there's nothing like spectacular. Like, look at this roster. You got LaMelo, who I, I won't talk down on because he's a very premier point guard in the league. You got a mid Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward who gives you 20-something one day. Then give you nine the next. Um, Terry Rozier, who I think is very overpaid, really should oh, be like no. a he, He's appropriately paid. But go ahead. I Carry mean, on. Terry Rozier is decent. Like, I don't think he's like somebody who I would like would be starting on any other like premier roster. But like I I I just find him decent. And like there's no real standouts besides those couple people that I named on this list. Listen, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with your assessment and your thought mm-hmm. process, but at the same time, synergy plays a part. All these dudes you mentioned that you don't know about, they know about each other, and they play for one another. Again, I didn't say NBA champion Charlotte Hornets. I said playoff contending Charlotte Hornets. Like, for example, let's take the Bulls. They're the, mm-hmm. they're, they're the juxtaposition of the Charlotte roster. You know who's on the Bulls roster, right? You know every one of those dudes and what they can give you. But juxtapose the Charlotte Hornets roster, you don't know any of these dudes. You don't know what they can give you. To me, it's the same team. Not, not just because they got a ball brother running point, but because they got a ball brother running point, they give you the same thing. Right? They're going to give you exciting up up and down the court, high flying, get everybody involved. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying this team is just as good as the Bulls because just because we don't know them don't mean they don't play well together. Don't mean they can't beat those bottom five teams or compete with some of the upper echelon teams. Minus, you know, your Brooklyn Nets, which I think last year they had a winning record against. Um, so you don't know. That's what say, that's what's beautiful about the East this year. You don't know. We got to sit back and watch. You got to get the popcorn ready. So who who do you think are the finals favorites? Who is Brooklyn who LA? LA's winning the chip. Put it down. Write it down. Take a picture. You know. I, I you know I'm a Bron fan, so <laughs> I, I agree for sure. I I, but, I just th- there's nobody in the West that's really going to touch. 
I mean, I don't know about Brooklyn being a lock-in as much as people say. Well, I, I, let, let me let me let me run that back. If Kyrie plays, it's hard. Like you said, KD, Harden, then you throw in a Kyrie. That's that's hard. And I'm I give the Nets credit for their offseason transactions and their draft this season. So their for stocks, real. but their stock weird too. They're, I don't know that those players all help and fit, but mm-hmm. yeah. So carry on. That one rookie. That one rookie from the Nets who was going crazy against the Lakers, I, I forgot his name, but he looks nice. Well, yeah, I mean, but again, that's preseason. And again, I don't trust Steve Nash at all um, because I don't know that he'll know what to do at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- adding, you know, a Patty Mills, a veteran, it, it's funny, like two Spurs are on the Brooklyn Nets. You got Patty Mills, you got LaMarcus Aldridge. Somehow James or Blake Griffin is – you know, found the fountain of youth. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to that man. Well, he like, well he was playing on the lowly Pistons. When you're five and seventy eight, seventy seven, <laughs> you don't really try hard. Everything hurts. But yeah, th- they have a nice composed roster. That Nets Bruce do. Brown, he's very underrated. Very, I, I think he's appropriately rated. He's not a star. He's again amongst stars. He doesn't shrink. Mm-hmm. So he helps them. Um, I honestly, I think by addition by subtraction, if I was the Nets, I'd trade Kyrie. I would I mean, you don't need him. I don't a bag of chips. I don't care. Your team is deep enough. You got Harden and you got um, KD. I think it's more of a chemistry thing. Like, I think it makes KD happy to have Kyrie there. And I feel like when Kyrie is actually like locked in. When is that though? Did you know when that's going to be? It's not Don't forget, last year this man went AWOL for a week didn't tell nobody. He's very unpredictable, and I feel like that definitely is. And if we're not listening to the Jamie Foxx album, unpredictable. This man is real life unpredictable. Go ahead. I, I, I think his unpredictableness is not very helpful to the team. But when Kyrie goes on the court, he changes the game every time. Like, I feel no like doubt. Kyrie is, even though he's a polarizing figure, you can't say that he's not one of the best scorers or not – one of the best ball handlers. Like nobody besides a select few players can realize that they can guard Kyrie. Let me ask this question. Do do you know what the N1 mixtape tour is? I've heard of it. Okay, do you know what Streetball is? Yeah. Streetball Legends. Mm -hmm. There've been some really good ones. Some ones that are like, man, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. Are they in the NBA? No. So my thing with Kyrie is you've been on four teams. You've had an issue with every team you've been to. At some point, I don't care how talented you are. Mm-hmm. I need to know you're mentally locked in and checked in for this squad. And I don't know when you're going to be that 100%. And I'm not doubting his talent, but that's mm-hmm. not what's in question. It's his mindset, and that's what's in question. So I'd rather not have to have that distraction knowing I've got depth on my squad that I'm still going to be all right. That's my issue. It's like I don't want to say I'm dependent on this dude and then he's gone, and then he's back. Like, that ruffles people's feather the wrong way. At According to Stephen A. Smith, as of last night, 11.30 Eastern time, Kevin Durant's okay if this man is no longer on the team. I, I think his – I mean, for me, I think his talent sometimes is worth what he does. He has that AAU kid effect to me. Like, he he's that one kid who can walk in late for practice but still give you 50, 60 points. Like, I feel like since the Brooklyn Nets is so deep, like you said, when he's not there, it's not like they're not winning. It's not like they need Kyrie to survive. 
But I feel like when he's there and when he's ready to play, I feel like he pushes them to the upper echelons of teams, like, for real. No, listen, I, I, I agree. But the problem is he's no longer a 21-year-old. Yeah. So at some point, that rubs you the wrong way. At mm-hmm. some point, you get tired of the antics. You're like, yo, dude, we could be so much better if you were just here with us. It's a double-edged sword. You're willing to put up with it for a little while. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm just telling you what I heard someone say that they heard. Yeah, that's third party, third source hearing. But at some point, when you're KD, you're like, man, we got an opportunity to go win a chip. Last year, we came up short due to injuries. This year, it's it's on us. Like, the pressure is on us to win. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm just like, dude, do you want to take you want to roll the dice and hope he's locked in? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to say, let's keep it tight? Heck, you could have Patty Mills start. You gonna lose a beat? I don't know. Not that I'm not that I'm saying you should want that. Don't 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 no. ever say that. I'm just okay. saying that's that's he's got playoff experience, and with those two to his left and right, Harden and KD, it ain't like he got to do much. He's not in San Antonio where they're expecting him to drop 30, 25, 20, and be a leader and be a real point guard. So, mm-hmm. um, but that, that that's in here. So let, let me ask this. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? I was saying I think that's why I the reason why I have the Lakers as the favorites is because even though they're I feel like they have the most chemistry for real like even though they haven't played a game together um all majority of them being LeBron's Pete's Melo Russ AD you know all of them being cool with LeBron type thing and them all being like A level players all uh, A level players. Except Melo, except Melo, except Melo, except Melo. Oh no! I, no first of all, I don't think they're all. A, Russ is A level, um, yeah, but you can't tell me Trevor Reese is A level. Kendrick Nunn's not A level, oh, but he's a he's. I was saying the players I named, not the whole oh, okay. team. Okay. Well, oh, I don't even think AD is A level. He just got an A in his name, but he ain't A level. Dude, oh don't, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't. Agree and, with and look, that at all. He, he can prove to be A level, but he's always hurt for somebody breathing on him, and he don't want to play the center position. In an era where there's no no tough guy, I feel like AD is given an unfair fair judgment. Like I feel like Joel is very injured. Is injured on a very regular basis since he came into the league. But nobody he will ever doubt. Yeah, nobody will ever doubt Joel being a level a center. Everybody let me, knows. Let Joel me ask is, this though: Has Joel Embiid ever said out loud, "I don't want to play the five"? I mean, no, because okay, it's so that, been a five. Oh, AD, I hear what you're saying, but the, when you when you hear a dude saying, "I don't want to play the five, and you're the tallest dude on the team, and the position you want to play is next to it, it's kind of hard to take you serious. And and you're right, it's it's unfair, but you also know that Joe Embiid will give you the business. He will duck his shoulder. He will duck on you. He will he will not bend. He will not pull up and do a jump shot over a two foot tall defender. That's it. So it's, I don't ever think it's unfair criticism. People criticize what they see. If it's unfair, fix it. Like I, you said out loud, I don't want to play the five. Like who says that? Even with the year they won the chip, they're like, you may have to play the five some of the playoffs. Point blank. And he did. We got a chip. He had backup in Dwight Howard, right? So we guess we had to do this year. We brought in Dwight Howard. We bring in DeAndre Jordan. So this man don't have to play the five. But I, they said they're probably going to start him at the five anyway. In um, certain lineups. Yeah. I, I've but, definitely but, seen yeah. that um, they were trying to get AD at the five in some lineups, like you said. But I feel like 
I feel like now we're in an era of players being more vocal. Like, I feel like, yeah, Charles Barkley probably said to his coach, don't put me at the five. I know Carmelo has sometimes probably said to his coach, don't put me in the five. No, here's where you're wrong. Let, let me take it back to the 80s. Carmelone had a dude that was seven foot two, Mark Eaton next to him. He was a he was a center. See, there's a difference. This era of basketball, we're in the stretch everything, stretch four. That's what the problem with Ben Simmons. Oh, he's not a point guard, he's a point forward. First of that term was given to Scottie Pippen because the triangle didn't really use a point guard. It used the triangle as the guard, and your forward was the initiator of the offense. Now we try to flex that to 2021. Oh, I'm a point, I'm a point center. No, you're a five, dog. Like you are seven foot tall. You're the biggest dude we have on the roster. We don't use a power forward, so you're really just a power forward. Who cares what number it is? Play down low. You're gonna be able to get outside and get some shots. Quit that. That makes me feel like you're mentally weak. Just play play the positions. Do you want a championship or do you want a position? I I agree, but I feel like the only I feel like multiple players will say the same thing privately and not get the same backlash. But because AD said it publicly, well, yeah, that's is is messed yeah. up his standing. Well, but not only that, let me ask you this: I'm I'm a big believer in evolution. Just like with Ben Simmons, we can give the same argument. Ben Simmons has been in the league five, six, seven years. Has the jump shot gotten better or worse? Non-existent. So what have you been doing mm-hmm. in the offseason? There's there's reports that the, the, the man does not train in the offseason. He's mm-hmm. too busy running around with Kylie Jenner. So he's if he's not putting the work in, and, and first off, this is a paid profession. You should be doing the work. That's the, the least you can do. Um, so it's the same with AD. This is the first year that even – uh, the head coach, I just slipped my mind, has said, oh, my gosh, Bogle. Oh, my gosh. AD's physique is mm-hmm. way different than what it's been in the past. Because he mm-hmm. that criticism you call unfair finally hit him in the head. And probably having mm-hmm. someone like LeBron say, yo, dog, you need to work on your body. LeBron James, LeBron James invests $1 million a year into his body. Correct. And he lost so, weight this season, too, offseason. So, my point, if he's... I would say this. If the best players in the game are doing something and you're supposed to be one of the top-level players, you need to be on what they're doing, not in your feelings. That's all I'm I saying. Think, I think the Lakers, even though AD has been successful since he's been on the Lakers, I think the last couple of seasons you've been seeing him go through some growing pains in a sense. Like, I feel like uh, he's struggling with being that guy for the team. And LeBron often has to come and pick him up and like, hey, you are that guy, but, you know, I'll carry the load right now, but you know you're that guy. Yeah. And AD's kind of shy because he's like, ah, like LeBron, I, LeBron, I don't want to take it. And LeBron is like, take it. Like, you're that yeah. guy. No, you got to take I'm getting older. I ain't getting younger. Yeah, and like AD is, seems like he's backing up from it. And I feel like he's been going through those growing pains for the last three seasons, mixed with the injuries and stuff like that. But I feel like this season – Looking at his physique, looking at how he's communicating, I feel like he's definitely ready to accept the mantle. But do I think LeBron won't be in the conversation for MVP this year just because it's AD's team? No. I do think LeBron will still be at that top level that we always see LeBron at. Listen, I agree with you. Like This this is a make or break for me for AD because everything you said is, 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 is right. So let's wrap this up. I got one last question. When can we get a new version of your intro for dropping the mic? I'm putting you on the record. 
that and go ahead and drop all the information for your artists, where we can hear them, where we can vibe to them. Because if you don't come through, I'm going to just start playing their music as the intro. Okay. I'm, okay, I got you. I'll have you a new intro for dropping the mic before the end of the year. So give that's, me that's doable. A couple of months. You know, I got midterms coming up. You Understood. Know and I'll definitely have it ready and, for and, you. And, and you know what? We'll have you back on when you deliver. If you do me like AD, I'm putting you on the back of the bus. <laughs> and then uh, socials, you can find me at Six Thursdays everywhere. S I X T H U R S D A Y S. Six Thursdays. Um, my artist Hadaya, you can find her at Hadaya Doll. H A Y D I A. Wait, no, I think I spelled that wrong. H A D I Y A Doll. D O L O. Um, and Amber, you can find her. It's a really polarizing name. Glock Kitty. G L O C K K one T T Y. And yeah, everybody's social handle is where you can find them on streaming platforms and all that. All right, man. It's been a joy to have you here. Glad you could take some time out of your busy college schedule at PV. And uh, we'll have you back on. Dropping the mic, your boy Leron L. That was Chase Blackson, y'all. The man who has one of the intros on Drop the Mic. Fan favorite of the show. It's been fun. It's been real. Until next time, we'll catch you.